Hey, everybody. Welcome to Arnold and Porter's TMT Time, uh, a podcast devoted to legal topics around the technology, media, and telecom industries. My name is Dory Hansworth, and I'm with my partner, Evan Rothstein. And today, we're going to talk about a couple of media video game cases, and I'm going to ask Evan some questions. So, Evan, these cases are about tattoos. How do you feel about tattoos? Uh, personally, I don't have any, uh, and I feel like tattoos are neither here nor there. Once you get up to, to my age, if you have a tattoo from earlier in life, you're thinking about maybe I should get this removed. But, you know, when people are younger, that's when I get them. My wife actually has one. And I'm worried that when my kids see it, because they do see it, that they're going to want to get one too. So I'm kind of crossing my fingers that that actually does not happen. Yeah, well, I think tattoos run in families because uh, we're a non-tattoo family, as far as I know, except for my daughter-in-law, giant tattoo. Um, but my cousin, you know, one of them got a tattoo and the rest of them had tattoos, but no one really cares about our tattoos because we're not famous, but you might care about LeBron James's tattoos. So there's a game, it's called NBA 2K and it's a video game with NBA players and, you know, you can control them and play against your friends. Um, and LeBron James and 400 other NBA players gave the game the right to use their images in, uh, in the game. And that seemed like all well and good, except when the owner of the copyrights in LeBron James's tattoos decided to sue. What do you think happened? So you're talking about the Solid Oak sketches case that came out of the Southern District of New York from last year. Uh, I, I sure am. I played NBA 2K. It's a fun game. I got to be totally honest with you. I have not paid any attention to the tattoos on the players in the game. And I often play with LeBron James simply because he is the best player in the game. Uh, but uh, in the actual case, one thing I thought was quite interesting, Dorian, I'd be interested in your take on this. Um, no pun intended since the, uh, the uh, um, NBA 2K uh the tattoos only took up like 0.00048% of the uh, video. Um, but uh, the owner that sued here was actually a, like a, almost like a private equity company that bought up the rights to the tattoos uh, to file this lawsuit. Um, and so I think that actually played into the court's analysis here because ultimately the defendant, the video game manufacturer, the video game take two company Rockstar ended up uh, winning this uh, case. And so I think one of the factors that was considered by the court, frankly, was the fact that the owner of the tattoos was not actually the tattoo artist. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that might be true because, you know, there's this other case um, in uh, that was, took place in Illinois where a tattoo artist sued a different video game, sued uh, also sued Take-Two Interactive um, over a WWE 2K wrestling game. And that had to do with just one player or one wrestler, Randy Orton's tattoos, which are prominent and uh, big, and you can see them very visibly on the game. 
And in that case, the court held that the tattoo artist could move forward with the claim. Uh, so the, it seems like we have different results in similar cases, but um, it really does raise up an interesting point, which is if somebody gets a tattoo, um, do they have the right to license to license it or license their image without getting the tattoo artists or the owner of the copyright in the tattoos permission? Right. So you're talking about whether or not there was an implied license granted here. Uh, yeah, and I feel like, you know, tattoo artists ink something on somebody else's body and then that person goes off into the world they are almost giving an implied license to that person's use because once it's on their body uh, you know they're going to do whatever they're going to do whether it's play basketball in the nba and then get their likeness appropriated uh, for a video game or just simply walking down the street with a tank top on and you can see it on someone's shoulder so yeah like let me just pose a hypothetical let's say that i'm a tattoo artist and i ink something on someone's shoulder, they wear a, a tank top and they're walking down the street and a photographer takes a picture of them and posts it online. Does the tattoo artist have any ability to claim some kind of royalties or ownership over that photograph or the use of the tattoo in the photograph? Well, all right, well, first you're, you're assuming there that the person who was photographed, you know, did that person even consent to the photo being taken? Let, let's so say they posed now, like TikTok okay. style or Instagram yeah. because they were excited to be outside and it was sunny. So let's say they gave their permission to the photographer to use it. Yeah. So, you know, I think it, it, I think it could depend. It could depend how prominent, how prominent is the tattoo or the tattoos? How creative are they? Are they? Um, do they make a big part of the photograph? I mean, if you, if someone, if a, if a very creative person puts on your body um, a really big tattoo that's unique, um, that is their creative expression. I mean, they are called tattoo artists for a reason. Generally, artists own the, the copyrights and the works they make. Um, how would it be different? Let's say the famous person, instead of posing with the tattoo that's on her arm, posed with um, a piece of jewelry that was copyrighted or um, posed with a, a painting that she bought and is hanging in her house. Um, and, and then there was money made off of the use of that image. Should those artists be cut in? Um, I think the implied license um, argument is, yeah, I'm not really so sure about it. I think that uh, it, it would have been easy at the time of getting a tattoo for, for, the, um, for the person who was getting the tattoo to ask the tattoo artist to assign the rights, it's like make a work for hire agreement or something at the time. So it'd be more clear. Um, I agree with you that in the basketball case, it seemed like um, a company was just buying up copyrights um, of tattoo tattoo artists so that they could sue the game maker. Um, and that seems a little opportunistic. Um, and, you know, we really don't like generally um, intellectual property trolls of any kind. Um, so that combined with the fact that you really couldn't see the tattoos for the most part in the game because the players are running so fast and they're just small fleeting images 
um, could have led to the decision that's different from the Orton decision where the tattoo is there and visible um, all the time. Um, so, you know, I think there are two interesting cases and I don't think it's crystal clear when you get a tattoo, whether, um, whether you really own it from a copyright perspective. So you bring up a lot of good points there. Um, and one that I'll hit on, which is, I think you're referring to the de minimis use in the, uh, tattoo case over the video game for basketball players, the court there did rely heavily on what's called the de minimis doctrine. That's that tiny percentage I said of the usage of the tattoo in the video game, which is actually a recognized doctrine um, in copyright law in the Second Circuit, whereas in the case in Illinois, the Seventh Circuit doesn't recognize the de minimis doctrine. And in the summary judgment motion briefing in that Illinois case, the court actually highlighted the fact that Seventh Circuit doesn't adopt it. So it would be interesting um, because the usage in the wrestling video game in the Orton case that you mentioned actually is pretty small as well. So it's it would be interesting if the court would apply that or the Seventh Circuit would adopt that if the decision would come out in the same manner that the uh, Southern District of New York came out. But I agree with you. All the examples that you highlighted, including the if a famous person is wearing a piece of jewelry or clothing, there are a lot of copyright cases that get filed where someone's wearing a dress for example, that has copyright on it. And if that uh, manufacturer or designer of the dress has given that celebrity permission to wear the dress, have they also given the implied license to the photographers that take the photos of the celebrity wearing that dress? And I guess it's an open question, I don't know. Um, but uh, in terms of takeaway story, what would you suggest in terms of advising uh, copyright owners here to uh, even tattoo artists, have, what would you take away from these two take two cases? Yeah, well, I think that to me, these really boil down to an analysis of fair use, which is one of the other defenses that NBA 2K raised um, in the basketball game case and which did, did also carry the day. So, um, so you've got to look at what's the purpose of the use you want to make see i would i would assume if if i were advising somebody about this i would assume that the tattoo artist or the company that bought up the copyrights from the artists really did own the copyright i don't think i would go um off on a plot implied license it seems a little too squishy for me um, so I would go to, you know, the character, the purpose, the character of the use, um, which is the first fair use factor um, in the in both of these they're they're part of the game, they need to be, they need to make a realistic rendition of the player, they're part of the game. Um, and the nature of the copyrighted work, interestingly, even though there were, you know, tattoo artists do create these things. In the basketball case, the judge thought that the the work was factual in nature because it was they were factual renditions of things that, for example, LeBron James wanted on his body, like um, a photograph of his child that the artist just depicted. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, and then the amount of the use and fair use, you kind of have to use the whole tattoo, 
but you can use it fleetingly. Um, and then finally, I think what really carries the day in fair use is, is there a market for licensing um, images of people wearing their tattoos? And um, I thought this was a really interesting point in the basketball case, um, which is there, the judge said there's no market for this because, because you can't license um, your copyrights in a tattoo that you put on someone else's body, unless that person agrees to it, because they'd have to also license their, their image and likeness. So the judge said, there's not really a market for this. Therefore, um, therefore NBA 2K's use didn't affect any market. And Solid Oak Sketches, the plaintiff here, was trying to create a market here where one didn't exist. And for that reason, um, I think that the basketball case was decided correctly. What do you think? Well, I, I disagree with the market point because there are UFC fighters who get tattoos on their body of actual brands. Uh, permanent tattoos and when they fight you can actually see the brands and so i guess it's an open question if someone makes a take two was to make a ufc fighting game video game and the person has a branded tattoo on their body that they have paid for or the, the brand is paid for if that uh, would carry through to the video game but i i mean in terms of do i think the decision was correct uh i do think the decision in the in the lebron case was correct which would necessarily mean, I think, to one of the Alexander or the Orton case is not correct. Um, but the, the factors on the fair use, you're right. They were the same factors were analyzed in both cases and the court came out differently. Uh, and I think it does have to do with the fact that we had a monetizing entity in one case and a tattoo artist in the other. But you know, yeah. we'll, we'll end up seeing what happens. Yeah, we will. And so um, now you've actually um, in interjected the idea of trademark law into into the tattoo. So well, someone could just be, because I know, be and I'm glad. I'm glad because we're going to end this episode, our episode one of TMT time and episode two, we are going to talk about some trademark law. So I guess in this day and age, someone can be a permanent walking billboard um, for a brand. And that's where we are today. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to TMT time by Arnold and Porter. And we'll talk to you soon.